Today on Country Squire Radio, we're talking pipe-smoking archetypes, the one that you have requested, nay, demanded, the wizard. Also, we have got a pipe question of the week about aging Virginia tobaccos, quick fire questions, listener feedback, all of this happening right now, including a bit of a love shout out. What? (laughs) It's all happening today on Country Squire Radio. This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and the Ten Society. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good morning, man. Good, good, good afternoon. Yeah, this is the problem. This is, this <laughs> so we is, hadn't gotten used to this. Exactly. Now yeah. that we're, we're straight up at noon. I mean, ideally, if we're starting on time, no, that's, right. that's yeah. what's going on. That's and right. so we don't know whether or not to wish. What do you wish somebody? A, a good noon? That, okay. that, that a good, makes sense. A good, a good day. Yeah. 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 That's like a parting thing. But yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. You know, it, unless it's on noon, which we just were. Anyway, so, yeah. so it's afternoon. Yeah. I mean, good, good afternoon, Bo. Good afternoon <laughs> to you as well. That's right. It's one minute after the after the hour. So That's there, right. There you go. That is right. Well, man, how are, how are things up at the shop? Good. Yeah, doing great. It's been uh, just, you know, a busy season, kind of getting into that pipe smoking weather now. Oh, it's, dude. Uh, yes. A few cool nights here in central Mississippi. And so things are... Uh, you know, just it, it's it's optimal time for pipe smoking. You know, yeah, it's, uh, the mosquitoes are starting to pretend like they're going away occasionally. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the those crisp nights where, uh, you know, maybe your glass of, you know, favorite glass of whiskey and your uh, favorite English blends start coming out in those bigger, bold pipes. And uh, I, I don't know. It's been uh, it's been nice seeing a lot of our folks that we don't really see until this time of year. They're starting to trickle back. in. Yeah, man. So, Look, this is uh, this is been fun. This is pipe smoking weather. And you know what it is? We're, we're getting closer to, uh, you know, the that the, the fall festivals and Halloweens and things out there. I, you know, me and, and the Mrs. Uh, this this Christmas or this Halloween, rather, we yeah. are going uh dressed up we're going that very pokemon inspired i'm dressed up dressed up as ash uh, and she's dressed up as uh, misty from pokemon are th- those are two pokemon Th- these are people from the pokemon uh uh game and, and show okay and and so what i did though this is i'm pretty proud of this i took a pikachu like a stuffed pikachu that i won at the fair i know two, what that one is yeah two years ago and i i mounted it to a um a nintendo switch hat that i actually got from nintendo uh back uh back when i was at uh south by last last year yeah and so anyway so i've got kind of a red hat with the pokemon with with pikachu mounted on top of it and i wear it and it like rides around on me <laughs> and so we went in our costumes to our kids uh, fall festival at their school and uh and man i was a big hit because all the kids were like it's pikachu so they knew exactly what that was yeah, yeah. man okay like, that's pikachu, that's still really pokemon relevant is, it's a thing okay. okay and actually with the, the new pokemon yeah, go games it's it's uh it's it's even bigger now like so I said, when you got kids you know you start realizing like oh you, you know you, you get plugged back into what's popular in their age group oh right? big you time yeah. so you kind of are, are, are reliving you know youth through them and so that's uh, you know, and maybe someday if we have teenagers or something, we'll be like, oh, that's what the kids are smoking these days. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're going back to Virginia Perique. Right, yeah, right. Well, I have to pick that up so I can be hip like my son. You know the wild thing? Like the kids, <laughs> like right now, kids are super into Ninja Turtles. Like, like that was our thing back in the '90s, and yet they're 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 super into it. Uh, what what about you? Are you stuff? Are you dressing up as anything uh, for uh, for Halloween? Uh, no, just a starving tobacconist, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're, for, you you're know, practicing that look now. I, I am. Yeah. I have got my got my got my hair down. <laughs> plenty of room for the uh, the rats to to nest in uh, in the old uh, John David Cole uh, Maine. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, don't really have a lot of Halloween plans. But uh, of course, the next day uh, after Halloween is Jackson Pipe Night. And so yes, uh, it's on uh, all, all Saints Day, as it were, or uh, or is that the same as Reformation Day, or is Reformation Day the same day? As so Halloween? Reformation Day, I, I always forget. You know, we we live in the South. Bo and I are both, you know, kind of of these, uh, you know, Christian communities. That a lot of times, instead of you know celebrating Halloween, you'll you know go to these uh, church parties and people dress up like you know John the Baptist. Right. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So it, Halloween <laughs> is uh, Hallow's Eve. The idea is that it was the day before kind of that All Saints Day, All that Saints All day. Hallows Day. Right. I just can't which remember which day Reformation Day. Falls so on. so that's the yeah. thing. So Dr. Luther, Dr. Luther, right uh, of the Martin uh, variety, right. Uh, he nailed the theses on the door in pre- like like so because he knew that everybody would be at the church. Right. For the, that hallowed day. Oh, I didn't. You know, I never so really made that connection. It's literally yeah. the day after Halloween. Okay, well, would that, be that, Reformation. No, that makes, that day. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So there well, you go. I, yeah, yeah. So we're we're having our uh, <laughs> Reformation Day edition, uh, Jackson Pipe Night. That's this right. Year, and that, that'll be on November first, which we're really excited about. But 
Um, so yeah, I, I guess I can go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, yeah, please do. We, so yeah, we, we weaselled it in there. It worked really um, well. Yeah, uh, next uh, Thursday night, that's November first, uh, from seven to nine p.m. at the Country Squire, we'll be doing live music, uh, lots of cold beer. Uh, there will be a Savinelli and Rossi and Cornell and Deal trunk show, which we're yeah, really yeah. excited about. Our friend Bill Haggerty from Law DC uh, will be here, uh, you know, selling some of our our favorite pipes. Um, and, uh, and then of course the slow smoke competition, which yes, we're all excited about. 20 bucks to enter. You can get those, uh, tickets at the country click on accessories and sift through there. You'll find them. Yeah. Really excited. Uh, you know, the slow smoke competition is always a big hit and, uh, we think you'll have a lot of fun with that. So big thanks to our sponsors. Uh, of course, uh, law DC, Savinelli, Rossi, GL peace and Cornell and deal, as well as folks like deep South pops, uh, locally here in Jackson yeah, cups, coffee house. And uh, and and a few other local friends. So anyway, we're we're, we're thrilled about that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. No, a lot of y'all are uh, planning on coming to town for it. It should be yeah. a blast. Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to try to recalibrate slowly. I've been trying to do this over the last couple of weeks. The expectations for my performance. I, I'm not gonna be good. Like I've been practicing, <laughs> and like you know you don't you can enjoy your pipe and not really think about how many times you're relighting when until you start thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like it's once you're like okay, no, I've got to compete now. Like this, I have to actually time this. And I've realized, shoot, I just relight my pipe all the time. It almost becomes something of a no, crutch. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been uh, I've been trying to get better. I was actually practicing last night, um, and I've been improving. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be. Well, it, it may be a glorious fail, and I just want to put that out there. It is hard to get back into. You know, I, I I've been thinking as I give as I prep for uh, pipe night. You know, and just kind of helping folks uh, get ready, answering questions and stuff. You know, our our friend Russ Hicks, who I, I kind of. I, he's like the pipe whisperer. Can we just start Ooh, calling yeah, him that? Yeah, the yeah, pipe, yeah. I don't think we've referred to anyone that way. But the pipe whisperer, uh, Russ Hicks. You know he he has he, he has opinions on this, right? Like, well, you know, you, with your pipe, you don't really, you know, yeah, the slow smoke competitions are fun and all that kind of stuff. But um, but you know, there's something to be said about you know letting your pipe burn so coolly and so slowly that occasionally you do have to relight it very, very little, but, yeah, but you do have yeah. to relight occasionally. And and the whole goal for him, you know, he's talked about before is, um, is smoking it so slowly and so coolly that all you're getting are flavors and not heat. Oh, that's you know? good. And, and, yeah, so, yeah. and so when you're used to smoking your pipe that way, where you're just uh, sipping it to the extreme where your whole focus is on the, uh, the flavor of the tobacco, um, you know, it, it kind of goes against the idea of keeping your pipe lit, right? And so you have to recalibrate your, your rhythms and your cadence to, to getting this right. So um, anyway, it's, you know, you kind of, you do, you have to readjust. I mean, it's a, it it's, is it, funny. It's good stuff. It is almost like you're, you're taking something like going for a stroll or going for like a, a walk or something like that. And then like comparing it to, you know, going for a marathon, which are like, there's two different mindsets for what you're doing. You know what I mean? I'm more of a hiker <laughs> or, but I'm not, and less right. of a jogger from that standpoint. But anyway, right, it'll be, right. it'll be interesting to see what, um, how it all goes out. Yeah. And we will also be live streaming that. I'll be live streaming that from uh, my phone as I've done in long smokes past. So y'all will be able to watch Good. me fail, uh, gloriously online. Yeah. Now also folks will be able to, to tune in online next week where we will be doing our Halloween special. Now, uh, in years past, we have talked about uh, treacherous pipes. We've talked about treacherous pipe smokers, and we've done treacherous tobaccos. And yes, this year we are returning back to treacherous tobaccos. So we want to hear your thoughts. When you think of a Halloween tobacco or a scary tobacco, a treacherous tobacco, something of that nature, what comes to mind? Share us your thoughts, your stories. We'll be sharing some of those next week as we do our Halloween episodes. Will there be costumes involved? That's always the question. Eh? All right. <laughs> it's going to be a blast and we can't wait to see what you guys have uh, uh, to uh, to share on the show. Speaking of what you guys have to share, Thanksgiving will soon be upon us after Halloween. And along with that, we are doing the Thanksgiving Custom Cob Competition. Uh, now, all the details for this are on Facebook. If you've never, if this is your first time listening to Country Squire Radio, uh, we now, as of this year, have an annual uh, uh, a custom cob competition where That's folks right. can yep. take a Missouri Meerschaum might, uh, pipe and actually do whatever you want with it in kind of a Thanksgiving theme. You can send it into the Country Squire. They will be judged. There will be a winner. <laughs> we're not good at many things, but we're good at judgment. Very, very good yeah. at judgment. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they will be judged and a, a winner will be selected. All the pipes tend in will be uh, uh, raffled off for, um, for charity, uh, for the Ronald McDonald House. And it's a great cause, a lot of fun, and a chance to showcase some of the uh, creativity that exists within the community out there. So y'all help us out, get involved, learn more about that on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash country squire radio. Uh, all right, man, we've got, I, I feel like we need like some sort of like, like 
like Dunna or, or something of that nature. That one. Man, okay. <laughs> we got a new member joining the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. And now every single new member we get, man, it's it's always it's a huge honor. We we're we're so excited to see the names that come through and you know, especially when we recognize some names as folks that we've interacted with or sent in stuff to the to the show before. It's always it's always great. It's always like, yes, this is awesome. You know, great. Welcome, welcome to the club. Welcome, uh, you know, to uh, to the the various group and and then also thank you so much for supporting us. We got this week. We had a new member join us that I got to tell you, I actually was like, oh man, yes. Like I was like, you know, I'm always like that, but there's just like this added yeah, benefit. But th- there's a there's a sense of validation that comes with this particular new member. Yeah, getting this particular yeah. member was just kind of like, like, dude, yeah. if this dude's signing on to the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club, you know we just got legit in a whole new level. <laughs> like, like basically, he's ra- risen the class and the knowledge of the entire, right. the, the, the average, you know, it's, it's, it's that curb type deal. Right, uh, right. Ladies and gentlemen, joining the Squire, a Squire member, I probably should mispronounce his name, but I'm not going to. Douglas Owen. Yeah, D- Doug is, of course, just been a longtime listener of Country Squire Radio and uh, a professional tobacconist in his own right for uh, longer than Bo and I have been on this planet, which is terrifying. <laughs> uh, but but uh, Doug, you know, just a great friend from the Pacific Northwest and has such a uh, incredible grasp of both our industry and uh, tobaccos themselves, uh, pipe uh, brands and history. And um, gosh, every time he contributes to the show... Uh, a lot of times we get his feedback and uh, just great, great feedback that, uh, you know, maybe filling in gaps where we uh, lack some knowledge or uh, maybe, uh, you know, adding on uh, to some things that we've said that he said, you know, that and this and this and, and things that maybe we're unaware of because we just haven't been in the industry as long. And so, uh, man, Doug, we are so thankful for you yeah. and, um, and 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 obviously really appreciative that you joined the uh, Country Squire International Pipe Club. Absolutely. And hey, if you want to help support the show and join the club, uh, learn more at patreon.com slash country squire radio. Welcome to the club, uh, Doug. We're, we're very honored to have you. All right, man. Okay. Tonight. Today, this episode, this afternoon, this afternoon, <laughs> uh, wherever you may be listening, and whenever that may be the case, uh, this episode we are reopening the book, reopening the series on pipe culture. Yeah. Now, I always like to start off these episodes by kind of giving a little bit of history as to where the series came from. Uh, you know, way back in the earliest uh, days of Country Squire Radio, uh, we 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 kind of you know looked at various topics to talk about. We're like, all right, we're doing a weekly. Uh, a tobacco pipe tobacco uh, podcast that tends to run from 30 minutes to an hour and we need to to be able to provide some really engaging good content for folks so so where does that make sense like what content is out there to be able to really add value to the conversation as opposed to just talk about it uh, and one of the things that that we were acutely aware of at that same time is the importance of the way that the the Tolkien films uh, the 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 Lord of the Rings books obviously but the way that uh, Peter Jackson took the uh, talking stories and turned them into movies. Yeah, sure. How much that had such a pop cultural impact on the pipe and and how many people were kind of exposed to pipes from from that and brought into the pipe community. Exactly. I mean, let's, let's be honest about it. Yeah, exactly. so, some of them, you know, were uh, in and out pretty quickly, but a lot of those folks have stayed and have, have really, uh, you know, sunk their teeth into it. But that's the thing, like it exposed so many people. And so w- at the time that we were starting the the show, the movies, the Hobbit films, which were, you know, uh, you, you might have opinions on them, but one way or the other, they were not as universally well received as, as Lord of the Rings films, but those films were starting to kind of die down. And so we saw that we were about to enter into this era where the pipe was about to be kind of less in vogue, if you will. It was going to be less pipe culture or less pop culture and kind of be more into pipe culture. And so the thought was like, well, what is pipe culture and can that be a series? And so while that was the origins of it, it really kind of became this almost sociological study, a very unscientific sociological study <laughs> that we kind of put together with with you, with the listeners. From the earliest days, we were like, "What is what is pipe culture? What are the the things that connect us? What are the things that that unify us?" You know, yes, we all come from different backgrounds. Yes, we all come from different places. Yes, there are many things that differentiate us. But there's also kind of a lot of shared experiences, and and isn't that interesting? And and what are those shared experiences? Yeah. And what how do they intertwine with the way that we enjoy our pipe and and, uh, you know, what that might say about us, what that might not say about us. And so that was kind of where the pipe culture uh, discussion went. Now, we've talked about various aspects of pipe culture. And most recently, we've been doing kind of a, I hate to say study, but let's just say study of kind of pipe smoking archetypes. Uh, this was a, an idea that was actually risen from a listener. 
And we went through and we went out to all of y'all and we're like, hey, what are the pipe smoking archetypes? And from those, I gathered up these various groups, right? You had the professor, you had the philosopher, the grandfather, the father, the sailor, the soldier, the aristocrat, the farmer, all of these various archetypes that we've discussed on the show. But there was one archetype to rule them all. There was one specific (laughs) archetype that I intentionally and statedly left out of the group because I thought foolishly at the time that this archetype didn't make sense to actually do an in-depth study of because I thought there'd be like one or two people that would actually qualify for this and there wouldn't really be much to discuss. I was wrong because y'all hit me with some really strong feedback saying, how could you, how could you leave this particular archetype out? And of course, to bring it all the way full circle back to the Lord of the Rings uh, uh, inspiration for pipe culture in general, we are today talking about the pipe culture uh, archetype, the pipe smoking archetype of the wizard. The wizard, yeah. It, it, it's funny because, you know, as we had gone through these archetypes and, you, you know, we took so much time to, uh, you know, study them and, uh, you know, flesh out some of these different uh, details and, and, you know, where they kind of fit into the culture, uh, the wizard was the one that we... Uh, thought, okay, if we ever did roll this one out, uh, that would be the one that we'd get raked over the coals. Right. <laughs> like, well, I mean, <laughs> like, I felt like it, like you feel no, about yeah. barbecue. Like, no, that's like, right. What like, is like, there that's, to that's talk ridiculous. About here. Like, right. what are we going to do? You know, we're just saying this because it's so it's so obvious. But we have so many listeners that that basically once once we kind of put this out there, stuck our toe in the water. You know, it, it, the the reaction was, what took you so long? You oh, know? big time. <laughs> and big time. Uh, I think there's something to that. So, all right, now I do want to mention this too. We're, we're about to dive in. We, we put the, uh, the call out and we've gotten so many great, very deep uh, thoughts from a lot of y'all and, and some things that I, th- this is going to go in directions I did not expect. And, and I'm really excited to dive into it, but I have to make mention of this. All right, because it is cold outside and because it is pipe smoking weather, uh, it's also it's also stew weather, like the the time of year where you make stews stew, and like big stew, meals. Stew and, weather. You, you don't talk about that, yeah, right? Yeah, and, 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 yeah, comfort food. Yeah, hot, exactly. hot, hot comfort food. Man, yeah. so I've I've been like, man, I made oxtail stew the over the weekend and everything. What the heck is that? Oh, it's amazing. Okay. It's delicious. Like super super tasty uh, meat. <laughs> and uh, and so I had you know as I'm doing this. I have Lord of the Rings on the background because it's kind of hobbitly, man. You're like, you're cooking food. You're going to be smoking your pipe later. Like, it's it's a good time. Ah, the old oxtails too. Man, it's good. But see, this is the thing. I have Lord of the Rings on in the background, the uh, the Fellowship of the Rings specifically. Yeah. And it comes to the scene where Bill or Frodo is laying in the bed at uh, Rivendell. He just arrived at Rivendell. And, uh, and Gan- Gandalf is telling him, you know, he's kind of bringing him back awake. And he says, it's October the 24th. At 10 o'clock in the morning, if you if you want to know. And I thought, oh, you know what? It actually almost is October the 24th. And that's when I realized our wizard episode is coming out on October 24th. Wow. Yeah. Does it come out at 10 o'clock in the morning? It does now. <laughs> <laughs> this this time it will. Yeah. This time it definitely uh, yeah, will. Yeah. As, as we're recording, it's October 27th, uh, 22nd. Second. But of course, we, uh, yeah, we, we do this on Wednesday. We put it on iTunes and whatnot. So yeah, that's, that's good. Anyway, I just that's thought good. that was kind of a neat coincidence. I, I wanted to make mention of it. Yeah. All right, man, we're talking, we're talking wizards and I, I think, I think this is a really good one to kind of jump off in. Uh, so gentleman's corner on yeah. Twitter, he, uh, he, twi- he tweeted and he said, uh, honestly, this archetype is what got me into pipe smoking. The wise old man with his pipe, little magic never hurt from Gandalf to Merlin. This archetype has been the cornerstone of fiction, something all old men should aspire to if possible. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about folks that, uh, kind of because of the, you know, wizard, archetype and and all the stuff that came along with it they took their quick dive into the pipe world and then uh you know went along their way uh, after that but uh you know obviously gentleman's corner one of the is one of the many persons that uh uh you know stuck around and and that's that's what we've seen we've seen it so many times and so i, I do think this is a really valid thing to uh to mention yeah absolutely i mean it is if it is it even possible honestly to draw a picture of a traditional wizard without a pipe without a pipe right. i mean it's just it's there and like you said it is it is such a touch point that really kind of exposed people to pipe smoking that sort of thing and got them to be like oh i, I want to do that like i, I want to be you know i want to be a wizard that, that sounds awesome <laughs> uh nick uh, blackwell uh, on facebook writes on he says the wizard represents the pipe smoker with knowledge all knowledge is powerful but the aspect that distinguishes the wizard from say the professor is that the wizard's knowledge is arcane. His power and role in the group is marked by his understanding of niche culture, trivia, and many different systems of facts. Uh, many different systems of fact. Whereas the professor is astute and single discipline, the wizard is a jack of all trades and knows a little bit about almost all subjects. 
The wizard is that person in the pipe group who bounces from topic to topic in general discussion and seems to know what they are saying, regardless of who they are talking to or what they are talking about. <laughs> I love the way that this pulls that that kind of fantastic few... concept into like the real. Yeah, yeah no, you're, you're right. I, I was about to say, I think I know a few wiz- wizards that hang out at the country squire. <laughs> <laughs> if, if this is kind of the, the definition thereof, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. I think, you know, there's always, there's no... Uh, no, no event or uh, you know, thing that comes up that wizards don't have some kind of input on that leads to uh, you know, real expertise. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you think about the wizard as a kind of a character in generally movies or uh, or books or that sort of thing. To me, they are they are very much the expositional character, right? Like yeah. they're always the one that's like. Here's the backstory for this, you know, rock over here. Like, there's always kind of like <laughs> all this stuff. Like, oh, that's so and so, the matriarch of such and such. Like, it's 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 like, wait, how do you even know this, dude? Because you're the wizard. Well, you're just the wizard, yeah. yeah. And and it allows it it brings this element of uh, mystery and unknown into the story uh, that you know no other character can really uh, really introduce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which also kind of makes it interesting when you see a character like say Gandalf, who we associate as kind of this jack of all trades uh type of character but in you know fellowship of the ring they're going through the the mines of moria and and he gets lost and he's just sitting there and he looks at all three doors he's like i have no idea where we are and he just sits down smokes his pipe and just looks at the doors and so it's just so bizarre because you you think about this is the dude that knows everything and yet he gets lost so what does he do <laughs> sits down smokes his pipe no that's right thinks about it for that's a little right. bit yeah makes me happy what did uh Pat- patrick barrett say he's our on dear Facebook. friend patrick yeah he says the wizard or sage he, she is the wise counselor, uh, the knower of things arcane and supernatural, but also seen as a schemer and a manipulator of men, usually for higher or unknown purposes. Uh, when not running about for great and strange reasons, we often picture the wizard silent and brooding mm. in some uh, dank tower or hazy tavern. <laughs> he may he may have been dark tower, I don't know, but da- dank tower <laughs> works. Dank tower works too. It could work. Um, smoking the pipe and watching people, or just contemplating his next move. Uh, the wizard is also helpful. Uh, above everything else, the wizard is the person whose wisdom is seen in action. Uh, this can be in the form of guiding the group, either directly or indirectly, or by contributing their uh, know-how in a dire situation. So, I think a good, uh, you know, a good, a good kind of, uh, you know, consolidation of what what a wizard is and what function they play, kind of in the storyline. There, um, yeah. Yeah, makes good sense. You know, it's interesting because at first it almost makes the wizard sound like something of a bit of a sociopath, right? Like utilizing other well, people. Yeah, from... yeah, it's like borderline personality disorder. Yeah, he's <laughs> super, super manipulative, you know, it's right. like, but, but you know, in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, you, you read um, any type of, uh, you know, fiction that's got a, you know, real high fantasy kind of thing. And the wizard is kind of working in the background uh, for mysterious reasons. A lot of times it's, it's you know, they'll interject things you don't even want them to do, but you know, in the later on in the book or, you know, story, it makes sense why they would do something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, they have this kind of foreknowledge that's, uh, you know, terrible and, and yet really important uh, for, for the for the outcome. So, yeah, I don't know. Almost kind of like this master chess player. I mean, like, OK, so this is this is not necessarily traditional wizard, but obviously these characters are inspired by wizards. Like if you think about like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda, and I guess I'm thinking specifically Obi-Wan versus somebody like Palpatine, the emperor. Like these are essentially two archetypical wizards, right? Like yeah, they they've yeah. got magic and they are manipulating the people, manipulating our heroes and kind of against each other. So you have Palpatine behind uh, Vader, you've got uh, Obi Wan behind Luke, and ultimately they have kind of their end game, but they're working through other folks. So there you go. That's but good. I, I, but I guess what really separates theoretically the wizard from say like a warlock, right? Yeah, a warlock yeah. would be kind of the same thing, but evil is the fact that the wizard does so for the good of the heroes and theoretically mankind, whereas the warlock does it for the good of himself. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've never really thought about that. I mean, I, you know, um, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. I, I've never really studied or thought about the whole concept of the warlock. It's probably because the wizard is a pipe smoker and the warlock uh, is, is probably more of the dank variety. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this. That is true. I mean, it's, it's difficult to picture like an evil you know, like like Saruman wasn't, um, uh, uh, you know, smoking a pipe or anything. In fact, actually, 
I think didn't he counsel Gandalf against it? Yeah, yeah. So that's how you knew he was evil. I, I, I think so. There you go. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, also, we have uh, Andrew Fitzer who says on Facebook. He says, "I believe the archetype of pipe smoking wizard is pretty accurate. Uh, they are normally depicted smoking the pipe while contemplating a big picture, coming up with the perfect solution to the vexing problem, meditating on their mystical connection to the universe and primordial forces that they can command." Yeah. So, I mean, like that, you, you, that you're, you're hearing like kind of this consistent thing, right? Like extreme power, ability to manipulate, ability to uh, kind of command and control. But what keeps them, I mean, I'm kind of pulling from this. What I'm seeing like kind of keeps them from being that warlock kind of power hungry person is that they do take that moment to contemplate. Is well, that the, they do take the pipe at like, like, there's you know, a thoughtfulness about exactly. it, right? Yeah. That, that is introduced because maybe perhaps the pipe and, um, you know, if they didn't have that, it'd be, uh, you know, they'd have to have some other, uh, some other design in the story, some other element in the story that introduces this pensive thoughtfulness kind of brooding, uh, like, okay, how are we going to get through this type of deal? Um, and the pipe really functions as that, uh, as that element, as that, yeah. uh, is that, you know, the introduction of that kind of, uh, thoughtfulness, I think. So, uh, yeah, I think it represents a lot. All right. So let's talk about some pipe smoking wizards. Uh, broke cracker on Reddit, uh, says broke cracker. That's, that's, that's his username on Reddit. Yeah. Uh, he says what I think when I think of the wizard, I think of the elder gatekeepers of the arcane secret knowledge from fictional Merlin to actual Alistair Crawley, a uh, cultist and pipe smoker. They're the portal to the unknown. The pipe lends itself to the age and and status of these individuals yeah, yeah. as young wizards are a newer fictional phenomenon. No offense to Harry Potter. A pipe also requires a special knowledge and tools. All of, all of that fits the wizard archetype of totems and knowledge. Uh, as a bonus, tobacco blending is kind of like alchemy, which fits perfectly into uh, wizardry. Alistair Crawley. Yeah, I'm not familiar with with that character. Yeah, can can you enlighten me? I honestly am not. No. So what he's saying is, Alistair Crawley was not necessarily fictional, but actually a uh, historic individual. Oh, I got it. Yeah, okay. he says a cultist okay. and also a pipe smoker. Okay. So uh, interesting stuff. Now, also, uh, Broke makes mention of uh, Harry Potter, which I feel like we saw a lot of feedback. Like, oh, I want to talk about Harry Potter, but like, there's not really a lot of pipe smoking in Harry Potter, if at all, ever. And I mean, part of that I would imagine is that, you know, it was a more modern retelling of yeah, wizards. I mean, you, you've got to think about the environment, you know, that was written in and, and, and where it was written too. I mean, modern, uh, you know, Scotland is a, a extremely, uh, you know, not smoke friendly place, I right, guess, right, right. Uh, you know, from a, a political standpoint. And so, uh, you know, and, and wanting to not lead little kids astray and things of that nature where, uh, you know, back when Tolkien was writing and Lewis and these guys, they... Uh, may not have uh, <laughs> may not have uh, have cared quite as much. So. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't the kids in that book like can't they start like the drinking age in Harry Potter is like twelve or something like I think that? So yeah, I, I didn't read them, but it seems like uh, come on, the, Scotland. Yeah, seriously, you play, the game, man. You played yourself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but anyway, so Harry Potter course mentioned, but um, but we, we can't really go into there. Although a lot of folks said, you know, Dumbledore, you know, you know, he was he probably yeah, he's got this stuff in his desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the kids, like oh, oh, here comes the kids. Let me like, put it out. Ma- magically produces some uh, esoterica Margate or something. Yeah. Oh man, that would be amazing. They uh-huh. give it some crazy name, of course. Uh, Tuesday eight um makes mention of uh, of course Gandalf. What did what did that? Yeah, this is on Reddit. He says, obviously, Gandalf, probably the source of the archetype for most, uh, if not the whole basis for the image. I always love that Gandalf picked up the art of the art from hobbits. But like everything else he has set his mind to, he perfected the art. Uh, See concerning pipeweed from the prologue. Uh, I love the scene in Moria where Gandalf is unsure of the way of the way and says, I know what's wrong with me. I haven't had a smoke. The pipe uh, really adds to Gandalf as a wise and contemplative figure, but also shows his humility in picking up the art from hobbits. Isn't that cool? um, of course, it kind of mentioned what you're um, talking about earlier in the in Moria. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. I've never really thought about Gandalf picking that up from uh, from hobbits, but uh, that's true. You know, and it, it, almost the the least of the least of the uh, of of human or of a uh, created kind or whatever. You got these uh, humble hobbits, you know, with their uh, you know, hairy feet and and shortness and uh, things that we can relate to, and uh, <laughs> and and you know, um, you know, so and so Gandalf is is uh, you know taking something from mm-hmm. them that really does bring value and uh, and and encourages wisdom and uh, and and it's become a part of his um, 
you know, rhythm and the reason why he's so successful as in guiding uh, events towards their uh, ultimate uh, good end. Yeah, man. All right. So it's interesting. I, I'm sure you've probably seen this image and I'm sure most of our listeners have because uh, you may have missed it when watching the movie. But for a portion of the film, not always, but for a portion of the film, he would actually carry his pipe inside his staff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you can actually if you want to spend like four thousand dollars, you can actually buy that staff somewhere online, like a, like a replica of it. With the pipe and everything? And, and, and the pipe's like embedded down in the in the top of it. Yeah. How much did you say it was? I, way too much. Like, yeah, I got to sell some more pipe tobacco. Yeah, to, to even think about it. You know, I actually know somebody from Weta. <laughs> uh, do you remember? All right, so this is kind of pulling back the curtain a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the day, this is a couple years ago, we wanted to get Weta on uh, on the show. We reached out to them because we wanted to kind of get them on to talk about. it. Was It was, I think, after the last Hobbit film. And we wanted to get whoever worked on the pipes of that film. Because I think if you look at the way that every, every single pipe was carved, was specific to that character, like there's so much being communicated on every single set piece. I mean, what is amazing and what they're able to accomplish in those movies. But I really wanted to kind of do a deep dive. And so we reached out to Weta and Weta actually, apparently for the pipe carving, they actually outsourced that to someone else. And so I was like, well, can we have that information? They wouldn't give it to us, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but actually now- We want to know who did that. I actually, I actually know through, uh, you know, I've been playing Sea of Thieves, the uh, the pirate game. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I play with a guy from, from Weta. So I need to, I may, maybe oh. I need to work that connection. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'd, Just, I'd, I'd work on that. Yeah, I'll see if he's, if, uh, if he can hook us up. No, that'd be good. But I love that, man. I always love the fact that, you know, the functionality of his staff and the fact that his pipe is always at the ready. Is a part of that, yeah. too. Yeah. And I mean, think about it, because his, his, his staff is a source of light. It's a source of illumination. We see that in Moria. It's also a weapon. It's also something that he uses when he's fighting, uh, not so much in a physical way, although we do, I think, see him actually bash some some orcs and goblins in yeah, the face. Yeah, it, but it, it's a part of, not just a representation, but a part of his power. It's right? an his extension pa- of his, his power. His power source yeah. or something. I don't know. And, and his pipe, if it's going to be an intimate part of that, um, what does that say? Well, it's almost know. like, it's, I wouldn't say it's the source, but it's it's where he kind of fuels his, like, it's, it's how he channels it, so to speak. Yeah. And so to have the pipe as an integral, literally an integral part of the staff I think it's really cool. Yeah. And it's saying something. What? I don't know. But <laughs> it sounds, it's, it's pretty cool. Man, all right. So this is this is interesting. Uh, to- uh, Taco Tasker on Reddit took the concept of what we generally see as wizards and actually presented something that kind of flips the script a little bit. Uh, what did Taco have to say? Uh, Taco Tasker, I love these names. He said, uh, the general trope is that of the old and wise authority figure mulling things over in his mind while puffing away. Not dissimilar to your previous philosopher uh, professor archetype. One instance I want to mention in in contrast is the Wizards of Unseen University uh, in the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett. Uh, in this series, I haven't, I'm not familiar with this. I'm not I need to check this out. Uh, in in this series, the wizards are basically cloistered in a wizard university and really have minimal contact with the outside world, except for sneaking out at night and getting drunk at a nearby tavern. Uh, they're essentially uh, naive characters so wrapped up in themselves and in their own little world that they're oblivious to everything else around them uh, to the point of absurdity. Throughout the series, most wizards smoke pipes or cigarettes, but not as a prop in the general sense of lending a scholarly air of authority. Uh, it is usually mentioned as a crutch or an inconvenience. Uh, they need to get nic- a nicotine fix or are fidgeting with a pipe cigarette as a nervous reaction or tendency not to relax or act wizardly. The tobacco smoking is something that is a distraction in this sense. Terry Pratchett is turning everything on its head. The wizards are often clueless idiots, uh, which in uh, which is often the opposite of how wizards are portrayed. And the pipe smoking is not portrayed as a glamorous activity, but as a cumbersome yet expected choice of habit made by characters who pretty much always make bad choices. So it, it sounds like in this particular uh, you know, uh, manifestation of the wizard. He his he's going to turn the entire thing, like he said, on its head. The whole the whole goal here is to uh to be absurd uh compared to the modern or you know the normal wizard uh archetype uh and that's uh, bumbling, foolish, uh you know uh silly and uh you know all these kind of things and and I guess he uh, uses the pipe uh in, in that as well uh and uh and you know and, and and he has the right to do that although you know that's kind of ridiculous uh, well you know but it is interesting <laughs> how you know it does it does kind of it it relies on the understanding of what that traditional wizard is like you couldn't flip yeah. it on its head it wouldn't be there if it wasn't a thing you know what i mean no it, it it has to be a thing 
right for him to for him to use it in this way exactly yeah, I, I agree so there's there's an odd validation in the twist you know speaking actually of flipping the script and and kind of you know what we generally see versus what we don't normally see so you know we mentioned before about saruman and how you know he didn't smoke a pipe yeah. actually chase corrects us here live uh saruman did in fact smoke a pipe it's just something that is not very widely known and actually as soon as i saw his tweet it it reminded me that we actually did a feature on saruman on one of our former, I want to say Halloween episodes. Like pipe smoking villains? Yeah, as a right? pipe smoking villain. Yeah. Um, I think he, he yeah. might have been our second ever Halloween episode. Interesting, okay. Uh, where we actually talked about it. And the thing is, it's very subtle. He chastises Gandalf for smoking a pipe and you know your love for the halfling leaf and all that kind of stuff. But as you recall, at the end of Two Towers, where at the beginning of Two Towers, well, or maybe it's a, well, somewhere in there somewhere in there after <laughs> the trees have like come in and destroyed him and everything else and they're all sitting down enjoying the spoils of war they go into his cellar and what do they find tons of pipe weed you know that's from right the Shire. that's right i'd forgotten about that so dude yeah. had a whole cellar that's right and, and the real secretive uh, effort to conceal that yeah so, so no right. offense to my baptist brothers but he was like a baptist <laughs> he's like i'm sitting back and i'm judging you gandalf but like he's got a whole know, cellar, right? got a whole cellar of this stuff yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> saruman is like tweeting into the show hey check out my cellar but don't use my real name like that is that's that's, that's Saruman. That's hilarious. I'm yeah. sorry, Baptist. I'm just, yeah. I, but hey, I mean, like it's there. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> All right. So overall, here's the question: Is the wizard an archetype? Well, I think we've seen a lot of feedback from this episode that you know, there's a lot of folks that believe this. However, we did, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of took that question, and of all the feedback that we got, there's kind of the yes and the no. Uh, so Rilio Delio over on Twitter says, you know, I'm not sure if I think the pipe smoking archetype when I think of the wizard, but there seems to be a trait of wisdom, helpfulness, and thoughtfulness in characters like Gandalf and Merlin seeing the best in and seeking the best of others. So you might not think of that archetype, but at the same time, the threads are there Yeah. as opposed to the mango times on Twitter who not only says yes, but actually ups the ante. Yeah. What did the Mango Times have Mango to say? Times says, uh, easily in the top three archetypes with grandfather and professor. I tend to agree with that. Uh, behind all three is the idea of bestowing wisdom. They share knowledge of prior ages that they share with us on our current path. Grandfather because he lived it. Professor because he studied it. Wizard because he transcends it. All three reach down or back and share with their disciple. Man. Um, yeah, well said. Well, well said. I think, uh, you know, there there is uh, an element of all that there. You know, I, the, the disciple aspect of this, too, you know, one of the things that we've seen historically from all of these archetypes is that generally they are somebody who is going to have an understudy. There is an aspect of legacy to almost every single one of these archetypes. There's an aspect of legacy to everything. But I mean, like you can see that. And what we see in kind of the pipe community as well is there is if you don't have that wizard in your life, if you don't have kind of that that person to guide you along the path in your heroic pipe journey, if you will, uh, <laughs> it's going to be rough. Like, like you almost need that. There's, there's a reason why the wizard is a critical component of Joseph Campbell's, the hero's journey. There's a reason why that's so important. Like that figure has to be there to help guide the hero. Otherwise the hero is just going to stay in the same place and not move forward. There needs to be somebody that to borrow the mango times word transcends everything else to help guide the the hero along. So hopefully, you know, for our uh, pipe smokers out there who are kind of just getting started, you've got that wizard uh, at your at your local shop or whoever it might be to kind of help show you the ropes. <laughs> and I'll just close it off with this kind of request from Nathan R. Hale, who says, with the wizard, I always think of smoke rings. Teach me how. <laughs> smoke rings. I want the ship. <laughs> I want that shit. How do you blow a smoke ship? Yeah. That's what you want. That's what you want. Hey, you know what? At some point, well maybe, done. That was great. maybe we need to do a uh, smoke rings episode or something of that nature and, yeah. uh, and dive into that. But yeah. uh, one way or the other, we want to thank um, everybody who is involved in sending in the, the comments. I, you know, We weren't able to get to everybody's, but we got so many. Uh, shout out to the folks at Reddit, the r slash pipe tobacco group on yeah, Reddit. Gosh, so so many good friends over there. Honestly, the the pipe culture series it's 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 an excuse for us to kind of reach out into that group. Um, you know, we got so much feedback. I don't think we will ever have a pipe culture episode where we do not include the good folks at uh, you know r slash pipe tobacco on Reddit. So shout out to you guys. If you've never checked out their group, be sure to check out that group on Reddit. Um, on of course all of y'all who tuned in and uh, helped us out on Twitter and Facebook, y'all are awesome as well. So many great uh, uh, comments and thoughts that we've gotten from so many various thoughtful people. And if you're a thoughtful person, 
and you like to enjoy your pipe while you're thinking, contemplating, whatever your arcane uh, magic and mysteries <laughs> might be, perhaps you should be doing so on a good quality corncob pipe from the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum. That's right. That's right. Of course, uh, we love Missouri Meerschaum pipes and talk about them every week. And it's not uh, just because we uh, have to. It's because we really want to. Oh, we love and, them. Yeah. And we believe in them. Uh, of course, it, Missouri Meerschaum has its own set of uh, corncob pipes that are featured after uh, the 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 kind of Hobbit Tolkien mm. uh, you know world that uh, that that mysterious uh, interesting place that we all know and love and it's the Hobbit collection yeah uh, now it's a collection that uh, is comprised of the dwarf the elf the Shire and the wizard uh, the wizard uh, being the the super long one um, one thing about these pipes is they're kind of hard to find so these are incredibly high quality corncob pipes and so uh, it takes a little more time the, uh, to produce these the materials are. Uh, very high quality, and so uh, you know, then and then they're extremely popular, and so when they come out, they're they're gone uh, very quickly. Yeah, man. Uh, so so take a look for them if you're looking for a corncob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum uh, that simulates that, that it you know has uh, kind of a nice uh, length to it, a generous size bowl, a fun shape, um, and just something a little out of the ordinary. Uh, it, we recommend highly the Patriot corncob pipe. Cool pipe uh, this yeah. is a a fun pipe. It's uh, become one of my uh, kind of more favorite shapes over the past couple of years as we've uh, done more and more with Missouri Meerschaum. The Patriot Corncob Pipe from Missouri Meerschaum is unfiltered with a uniquely shaped bowl, narrow body, and thick rim with a dark stain added. The Patriot has a genuine hardwood insert in the bottom of the bowl, available in either straight or bent. Uh, a two-pipe American assortment gift set is available that includes one General and one Patriot Pipe. And so uh, this available retails for twelve fifty nine. Uh, and you can get that on corncobpipe.com, which is uh, Missouri Meerschaum's uh, own store. It comes direct from the source, so you know it's legitimate. And, uh, man, we just really believe in what they're doing. Uh, the Patriot Pipe is great. A uh, little longer stem, so it's going to cool that smoke down just a little bit more and uh, and a very attractive piece. So if you've got a Patriot Pipe, be sure to retweet that out. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on this. If you've got a Cobbit Pipe, and they are hard to get a hold of, but if you've actually got one, smoke it this week. It can be any of them. It could be the Wizard, it could be the Dwarf, it could be the Hobbit, whatever, whichever one you like. Smoke your Cobbit pipe, tweet those into us, but also use the hashtag pipe smoking wizard. Use the hashtag pipe smoking wizard. Show us your uh, your Cobbit pipe. We, we can't wait to see those. I think that'll be a lot of fun this week to uh, to get those in. It's yep. a great way, by the way, to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. All right, man, we've got a pipe question of the week this week coming in from Eric P., uh, he says, love the podcast. I recently obtained a pound of bulk Virginia tobacco that is 15 years old. Woo. It was stored properly in a large mason jar. I moved the tobacco out of the big jar into several two ounce mason jars okay. as quickly as possible. Is that the squash kind? Or uh, the- yeah. Well, it, it, the two ounces are kind of like a little jelly okay, jar. The, yeah. the small jelly jar. Uh-huh. Uh, I've heard John David give advice before that once the lid has been popped, the time is ticking on the batch of tobacco and it should be smoked expediently. I know I arrested the development. No, I know I arrested the aromatic anaerobic fermentation. A- Thank you. Anaerobic yep. fermentation. We're dealing with a scientist here. <laughs> By repackaging the, uh, this batch, I do not expect any further benefits of aging, but if I wanted to save a couple of these two ounce jars for another 10 years, say for kids 18th birthday. Oh, that's cool. What are the chances I will still it will still taste amazing as it does today? In other words, I figure I won't get any. I figure it won't get any better. But how likely is it to get worse? And that is from Eric P. Yeah, Eric, uh, man, good to hear from you, and and good question. So it depends. It depends on, of course, how this was uh, packaged originally. So you've got uh, you know a pound of Virginia tobacco. Uh, it was stored properly in a mason jar, which means there was aerobic uh, fermentation going on there. Uh, and then you moved it into several two ounce jars. Uh, it once you once you crack that open. So, um, you know, I, if if you want this, one thing about Virginia tobaccos is is they they take on age better than any tobacco out there, just because of the high sugar content. It something magic is is happening as those little amoebas do their work uh, inside that tobacco. Uh, you know, the the time is is something that's really difficult to uh, uh, to fight against here. Once they reach their peak, there's like you mentioned, there's not a lot of good that can come out of it. As a matter of fact, so much age on a tobacco, and, and again, 15 years is a lot of age, uh, you know, it, it gets so mellow that there's almost just a uh, you know, wispy smoothness, almost like closer to, to Cavendish or something that's just real 
uh, you know, light and airy, but but not a ton of flavor. And so there really is that peak that you have to you have to watch out for. Um, if you want uh, the best the best bet that you've got here, you're not going to get it uh, the flavor, in my opinion, to preserve for that long where it is now. You're just not going to. Um, but I will say, in my experience, the the anaerobic uh, fermentation. This means it's a void of air, right? It happens slower than aerobic fermentation. And so think about, you know, if you've got a mason jar that has air inside the mason jar, um, then that is going to uh, experience the effects of aging quicker than something that has been sealed in like a vacuum style tin or, or something of that nature. What I would recommend if you really want to do this and you want to go to the extreme of trying to uh, make this tobacco last for another, you know, 10 years where um, you know, you're you're trying to maintain it as close as you possibly can to its current state. You're not gonna. It's not gonna be a perfect fit. Uh, the tobacco is gonna taste different when you open it up. It's gonna be more and more mellow. And um and and, and it, frankly, I think it it probably has already peaked. But your best shot at this is vacuum sealing the tobacco. And, and what I would do, I'd get one of those like old fashioned like you know the the vacuum sealers. People even put like their uh, sweaters in it for wintertime and stuff or, uh, you know, for food products or whatever. Like you can you can vacuum seal something in uh, a plastic, you know, container, um, you know, just a, a little uh, vacuum seal pouch. These are available when you buy the machines and and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've got a friend that regularly does this with tobacco when he wants to uh, keep it uh, basically in stasis uh, where it's at. And so that's going to be your best bet if you will vacuum seal the tobacco um, just in a, you know, its own uh, little plastic pouch or something of that nature, uh, and then just leave it there for, um, you know, for the next several years. I, I honestly think that's going to be your best bet to keep as much air as possible away from the tobacco. Um, and that way, uh, as it ages, it's going to age, obviously, uh, it'll age slower than, uh, than with the introduction of any air. So um, anyway, for what it's worth, I, I'd, I'd try that out. Um, I've got one friend, he actually um, will take uh, individual flakes of tobacco. So let's let's say it's a Orlick Golden Slice or Dunhill Flake or something. And he keeps a bunch of these individual flakes vacuum sealed, uh, either in his car, he'll put some in his wallet or in his uh, you know briefcase. But these are, these are kind of uh, always fresh kind of go-to uh, individual flakes that he can go to and just rip open whenever he wants to, almost like a little piece of chewing gum or something. <laughs> uh, and, and it's always ready. It's always fresh. He can tuck it anywhere. Uh, maybe get you uh, uh, some of this tobacco and, uh, and and do something similar. Just give it a shot. Uh, that that would be my best guess. Uh, you know, it, it, obviously, it, it's all if you've got enough of this tobacco left, maybe try a few different ways. See if you can, uh, you know, do it that way. But I think uh, overall, that's going to be your best bet. All right. Well, great question, Eric. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send it in to us, show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the squire. squire. Quick fire question. Ow! All right, man. We got some quick fire questions in from Mortensen Devi. Yes. <laughs> you did not just call him Mortensen Devi. Uh, wait, what did we say we were going to call him? The, the listener formerly known as... Morton the listener Sandevi. formerly known as Morton Sandevi. Yes. All right. The, the listener it's, formerly known it's, it's, it's Morton Sandevi. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, is, and he made that very clear. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we love him, and so we continue to abuse him. Is that how this works? <laughs> I don't think it's abuse. I think it's affectionate. It's like people calling you JD and you hate it. And uh, you know that's true. <laughs> that, that, that's that's absolutely true. Yes. That's that makes Morton part of the family, man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's like you know, without that kind of loving, uh, ridiculing nickname, it's like, yeah. what, what are you really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was ridiculed actually recently for love Morton. Uh, Thanks for not having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. I was ridiculed recently for not having a strong enough Southern accent. And um, I was like, you know, you know, like, look, I butcher words like like any Southerner does. Yeah. I butcher names like any Southerner does. Yeah. This is this no, is that's right. Legit. That's right. All right. Yes. Thanks so much for these. Morton. <laughs> Are you ready, sir? Yeah. Wolf or fox? Uh, fox. Because hmm. you can have them as a pet. You know. Now you can. Yeah, have you seen that's that? A, that's a thing. I I think it's kind of ridiculous, actually. But but yeah, you can have them as a as a pet. I ain't doing it, man. Like that's the thing. Like that takes generations and generations to domesticate animals like that. Yeah. And I know that what what are they like eighty years into this whole fox training program? Uh, I I don't know, but do you know what I'm talking about? I think they're doing it out in like Russia or something. They they are there's there's this whole thing where they've been like, you know, uh, I guess breeding foxes and then 
working to domesticate them and the ones that are the most like um you know i guess docile obedient whatever yeah those are the ones that kind of survive so to speak and and go on to to procreate and so they've been working out to kind of create this domesticated uh lineage of fox fox right i mean that's i mean that's true of like just dogs in general that's why we have so many dogs is because they've been um you know thousands thousands of years yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so but now i'm gonna go wolf because it's like <laughs> okay great <laughs> tv series uh historically correct or entertaining that's a good question uh gosh I, i'll i'll go with um i'll go with historically correct but by hair i mean even if it's historically correct like you know typically if you're going to make a tv series it's about something interesting anyway so it's probably going to be entertaining mm. uh but um yeah i mean you know get it get it right the the problem with not going historically correct is that generally with TV series, movies, that sort of thing, that's the way that most people engage with the subject matter. And so when it's done, when you kind of trade the entertainment for the the facts, uh, you get a less educated populace because people don't read. They're, they're not studying. They're they're watching TV. They're watching the movies, and that's where you know we we get our understanding of what what actually happened. Um, I would say historically correct, and but at the same time, history in itself is entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there is a yeah. you can present hist- history in an entertaining fashion because it is in, it is entertaining. Uh, but if you want to go pure entertainment, you can still take like nods from history without having to make like for example, Game of Thrones. That is basically the War of the Roses with dragons and magic. So that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you can you can take those direct inspirations and pull it into your yeah. fantastic story, but call it Game of Thrones. Don't call it the War of the Roses parentheses with dragons and magic. <laughs> Well put. All right. Uh, coleslaw or potato salad? My name, I have to go with coleslaw. That's unfortunate. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's my, it's my birthright. You're locked in. I understand. Uh, I, you know. Potato salad. Yeah. Uh, fisherman or farmer? Uh, farmer. Definitely fisherman. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my grandfather was a farmer. Uh, Viking or pirate? Hmm. Pirate. Arr. My, yeah, we know I, we know where you land. Yeah. Well, my pirate's name though in in uh, in Sea of Thieves is um is Jorvik, which is a Viking name. I was about to say that's yeah. No, it's that, uh that it's actually right. when the Vikings sacked the city of York, they renamed it the Kingdom of Jorvik. <laughs> and so uh so yes, so my 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 pirate is a Viking named inspired pirate. So there you go. But definitely pirate man morton thank you so much great quick fire questions and uh hey if you want some quick fire questions answered on the show be sure to send those in show at country squire radio.com your, your thoughts your, your comments, comments. Listener, listener feedback all right man we have got some great listener feedback in and we are kind of tight for time so i'm going to shuffle some of this stuff around yeah but we got to kick it off by making mention of somebody in particular um I, you know, I almost feel like we need like some of that, um, uh, uh, you know, like romance music in the background or something like that going on right now because we've got a love connection to address tonight. <laughs> a shout out to a listener, Brian Fiss. Mm. Brian Fiss. <laughs> Your wife wants to let you know that she loves you, Brian, and that she is insanely gracious and a lovely woman because Rachel is back in Austin on your anniversary while you're here in Jackson, Mississippi on your pipe pilgrimage. <laughs> Big mistake! Big mistake! Although we're thankful! Byron, <laughs> brother, we love you, but not as much as she does. So have a fun time when you're here at the Squire. Then get back to Texas! <laughs> <laughs> That's so ridiculous, Happy man. anniversary to, uh, to Byron and Rachel. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, he, yeah, he, yeah. He le- I mean, he left his wife on their anniversary in in Austin. How but, dare you? But he, but he's coming to see us. But so, look, man, no, that's great. Your wife loves you, <laughs> and she knows how much you enjoy this show. So she actually wrote into us to let us know she wanted to give you a personal shout out on the show. That's right, uh, Byron. Thank you so much for for tuning in, for loving the show, for being a super fan. Uh, for making your pipe pilgrimage, as we understand it, you'll be uh, maybe at the shop on Wednesday. Uh, email us or tweet us to let you know. When, That's right. Let us know when let you actually know be when. there. Yeah, and and it, it's one of those things, man. We're uh, your wife is incredibly excited for you, but she also wants you to know that you you owe her one. Yeah, oh, big yeah. time. We we want. You. No, she didn't say that, but we're saying that. We're to saying you. that for right. I mean, you owe obviously her. that's that's implied. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I feel like Rachel's going to come to our house and key our car. You know, like we is took her might? man. No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it, what's that? There's country song about the baseball bat and the all the. 
in the uh, you know, Doug windshield Mikey's, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff, man. We also, I tell you what, let's. Uh, we got some great other listener feedback as well. Yeah, but let's the, dive into some of the. There live are feedback. a couple of tweets I want to. Uh, uh, yeah, Jay Freedy uh, uh, at Jay Freedy Piper. Great point here that I that I uh, failed to mention. Uh, he says, "Would vacuum sealing tobacco directly in the plastic bags uh, be an issue with flavoring the tobacco? Uh, would you need to place it in glass first and then seal in a bag?" Uh, yeah, and so I responded, excellent, excellent point. Um, yeah, you know, my, maybe what you do for short-term storage, if you're saving a flake or two, you know, that's one thing. But yeah, if you're going to keep it for 10 years, we need to protect it from the um, the flavor taste of, of whatever plastic they're using. Uh, excellent point. The key here is that it needs to be void of air, but but void of air in a way that we're positive it's going to be void of air. So uh, that my problem with these vacuum seal tins is that they'll pop open and you don't even know they'll pop open. So let's literally oh, okay, vacuum okay. seal it, uh, but let's do it maybe in a glass jar. You might even not even you might not even have to put the lid on the glass jar as long as the tobacco is only in contact with clean glass, uh, and then uh, and then you vacuum seal that as a whole. I think it's an excellent point and uh, and something worth considering there. Uh, maybe try it. Uh, you know, if you're going to do this for ten years, uh, maybe set it back and vacuum sealed in a few different uh, container, you know, glass containers, and kind of see how that works. But uh, just to kind of hedge your bets, but uh, that Jay Freedy, excellent, excellent point. We also got uh, man, the chat's been going off on the uh, the YouTube channel uh, today as well. So we've got beardless gnome Joe says nothing like lunting with Pokemon Go. Uh, <laughs> lunting, of course, when you smoke your pipe as you're you're walking along. Uh, we also had a lot of discussion going on a little bit earlier about uh, Warcraft. Uh, let's see, Mike Murphy. Uh, mentioned that uh, people have been trying to get pipe smoking into the world of Warcraft, which is, of course, a kind of a fantasy video game. Is that a thing that they've been trying to get it in there? Well, yeah. he said, but Blizzard hasn't given it, though. Like, the fans yeah. want it, but Blizzard's not going to do it. I, I still right. maintain that Sea of Thieves will have pipe smoking. I mean, there's already <laughs> there's already images in the game of people smoking pipes, so that's yeah. that's a huge step in, in the Mike, direction. of course, our good friend at uh, Pipe and Tamper uh, Podcast, who we, uh, man, please go check out his uh, his podcast. Great, Absolutely. Great, great product there. Um, I saw earlier someone Oh, I wish I could see it, but they were saying, uh, uh, you know, what a great way to start the week um, with uh, with pipes and wizards. And yeah, man, like that's that, that's yeah, that's a great way to start the week right there. A little, little wizard talk, little, I, I little think nerd so. talk, little uh, little pipe tobacco. It's, yeah, it's good. Send you on your uh, merry way. Exactly. You know? and, and just know your favorite hobbits in Mississippi are, uh, are, are you know, along with you in spirit. <laughs> exactly. <man. laughs> uh, Brian did uh, write in. He says, uh, Brian our, our friend Brian Levine, he says, a wizard must be over 5'11". Um, and, and so that, of course, is uh, a, 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 a not so veiled, uh, you know, attempt to make us feel bad about it. Yeah, look, in the fellowship of the pipe, man, <laughs> we're we're the hobbits. You're the troll. We, we get that. No, we, no we that, get hey, that. That, yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah if, no, if, you if, would be the wizard, Brian. We know you're the wizard. <laughs> yeah, but, but but would he be the good wizard, though? I, that's a great question. Yeah, he'd, he'd be Sar- he, he is Saruman open. when he you're is like open about smoking his pipe, so you got to give him. That. That's true. That's true. I, I'd yeah. say he's I'd say he's Gandalf. I think he's Gandalf. I mean, I was gonna I was gonna make a, an argument for how he was Saruman before Saruman went like full evil, so you didn't quite know where his allegiances lie. Yeah, but, but now he's he's Gandalf. No, man. but Brian Brian's he's our Gandalf, Gandalf. But like if you know if Gandalf had kind of a. Uh, if he's a little bit of a jerk, like like, like a jerk, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe had a little bit of a complex where he constantly needed to put people down. There's something deeper in there that maybe another <laughs> wizard, maybe another wizard could step in and help him with some past issues that he hasn't overcome yet. Oh I, I, I don't know. I think if if that's what we mean by Gandalf, then uh, I can't wait to get Brian on the show <laughs> with the three of us. We've had him on the show before, but I want all three of us on the show. It's gonna be good. That's gonna be good. Fantastic. All right, man. Great episode tonight. Um, you know, once again, I want to give a shout out to the folks that were able to um, send comments in, but we weren't able to read. Uh, again, another shout out to the folks at the Reddit group, r slash pipe tobacco on Reddit. Uh, great group, great community over there. Always willing to um, lend in their voices. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks, you know, Reddit's an interesting place, but, and so there's a lot of groups that, that they don't like you to talk about yourself or anything like that. And we try not to step on any toes or do anything that we're not supposed to on on the R Pipe Tobacco group, but uh, y'all have always been very gracious to us whenever we need that kind of feedback and yeah, want to kind of showcase right. some some discussion. Good friends over there. Absolutely. And I should mention, this is the first ever time, I should have mentioned that at the top of the show, this is the first ever Pipe Culture episode where we got no naysayers. Literally everybody, even the... the but uh, now we'll get some. Now we will. A- a- but after the fact. Now, yeah, yeah. Right. It, it'll be different. It'll be different. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there you go. 
Well, man, uh, you know, so we want to really thank everybody for tuning in. Of course, we are broadcasting live here at uh, Straight Up at Noon on Central Time here in Jackson, Mississippi. One o'clock Eastern and 10 o'clock Pacific. Look at you, man. You're on top of it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, of course, you can tune in at CountrySquireRadio.com at those times to join us for a live show. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at TheRealBoYorkIsMe. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country squire. And of course, these shows handle is at Squire Radio, but all that contact information and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Well, man, this was fun. I had fun. No, it was good. We, good. It was overdue. We finally got to it. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's uh, some unpacking there that needed to happen, and we uh, we got it out. I've never been more pleased and to... And we were affirmed. Too. No, big time. I, I mean, I've, I've never been more pleased to say I was very wrong. Like, there is, obviously, this is this is not just a archetype. This is potentially the archetype. The archetype, yeah. The quintessential archetype. And I was wrong to believe there wasn't content, because, oh my goodness, y'all proved me wrong over and over again, and thank you so much for doing I, that. Some people consider it their mission to do it uh, every, <laughs> every week. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> let's go have a day. See you, brother. been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.